passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. For all NBA warriors, you are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin. What up? What up? It's Golden Spaces, an Odyssey original podcast with Nat and Justin. Hey, y'all. We're here to talk about this game last night. A pretty epic game, an up and down game, a frustrating game, huge win. For a variety of reasons, but so much to get into. Um, so let's do it. Justin, good morning. Good morning. That's right. We're recording the morning after the game. And let me explain to y'all why this is so real. You already know me and Justin typically are both based on the East Coast. I'm actually in the Bay. So I was at the game last night in person. And we'll talk about that. But it is... It is, what time is it? 7.44 a.m. on the West Coast. I'm still operating on East Coast time. And I did not leave the arena until after one in the morning Pacific time. So (laughs) I'm operating right now on like a few hours of sleep. And it's already still not that much sleep for Justin because double overtime game. What time did the game actually end last night on the East Coast? Um, close to one, two ish. I want to say like two. Yeah, and then Justin has to get up early because you know he's a fancy trainer and stuff like that. So, um, but we both are up here together to get to bring y'all this content and talk about this game, which was crazy. So, Justin, why don't you tell me about it first from your perspective? Um, it was a game where they probably should have blown them out, but really. I- shooting i mean they were up they were up like 20 and then hot shooting from the hawks 
brought the Hawks back they in. They were, and, but with so many missing bodies, you still think they should have just blown them I out? I mean, no, not going into the game, but I'm saying, like, at, at the at the point that they had them down by 20, you kind of got to go, not necessarily out of your way, but it has to be, like, a significant change in the flow of the game for you to lose a 20-point lead, even though, you know, modern NBA 20-point leads are kind of, like, not as significant as they used to be. But, um, yeah, the Hawks got hot in the third quarter and made it a game and then actually took control of the game. But the Warriors fought back. For some reason at home, they just refused to lose. So, um, yeah, crazy performance. Um, Clay, 50, Loon, monster double-double, 20 rebounds. Draymond was doing what he's been doing all season, which is, like, just saving so many baskets that could have ended the game for the other team. Um, Dante came up clutch with a shot. Jordan kind of struggled with his shooting, but um, he just kept going, kept going at it, and they, they they gutted out a crazy win. That was probably – it's funny. They keep topping the previous games or that we think are, like, the most satisfying wins. Um, so, I mean, I guess at this point, since I mean, there's recency bias, this seems like the most satisfying wins because of all the toughness that they had to show to, to actually get it done. So. Was it up 20 at one point? Is that what it was? That's how big the lead ballooned to? Oh, yeah. I want to say it was, yeah, 19, 20, I want to say. Okay. Yeah. Um, 32 shot attempts from Jordan, and he only made 11. Um, and 39 shot attempts from Clay, who was on, but still, nonetheless, 39 shot attempts is a lot. But mm-hmm. that, that, that was needed in a game like last night when Jordan isn't hitting and Andrew's out and Steph is out and Kaminga's out and you know I mean just pure insanity we'll we'll talk about all of those things and of course I could have been looking at um you know ESPN.com that Clay actually referenced last night in his post game he was just like how did you guys keep track of things before with the game? Like we, you know, it's easy for us now. We have these things, but what did you guys use? It was just a very funny moment. Um, <laughs> but as a credentialed media member, I came last night and I got these stat sheets in front of me. Look at that in paper. <laughs> <laughs> the ones that Clay always makes into a paper airplane. Yes. So it's showing me right here every single thing and there's actually three of them that i got because you get the one like when you're sitting there at the table during the game they bring you like they they hand it out then because it was the whole game right mm-hmm. and then they brought one for the whole game plus the first overtime and then when you go into the uh... media room at the end this was the one with the final box scores so um, but yeah, so I'm, that's what I'm looking at people. Can you tell I'm excited? And, um, yeah, 39 shot attempts for clay and 32 for Jordan. So, um, it's funny cause it didn't feel like that as you were watching the game, but then when you look at it, you're like, wow, you know, um, so let me tell y'all what it was like for me. Well, aside from the fact that I didn't know what the hell to do when I got there, because, I'm like walking through Chase and the tunnels and I don't know where I'm going. And I just keep asking a lot of questions. Like I, once I'm inside the arena, like inside, inside, like I just know, like go to my section, but like to get in was just interesting. There's like a special entrance for the media. And then um, I know where to go. Like once I got to the media section, like it says like 
your row and where you go sit. But like, for whatever reason in that section, like the rows are not like clearly very visible. And I'm like looking and I'm walking up and down and up and down, looking like a newbie, I'm sure. But I finally <laughs> found, <laughs> I finally found my location with uh, the other 95, um, 7.7 game folks. Um, but my badge said Odyssey, shout out to Odyssey. Right. You know, we're golden spaces and Odyssey original podcast. And so um, it was cool, definitely cool experience. And when you're sitting in that section, you're not really supposed to be reacting to the game. And for the most part, I did that. Like there were times that like maybe in my seat, like, you know, my hand was like, uh, you know, or like <laughs> it was this pump. But let me tell you something. When Dante hit that game tying three to send the game into the first overtime, I was like, ah! and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> now it was so loud in the building, and everyone was like paying attention to that that I doubt anyone noticed me. But you are not supposed to do that. So that's my first snafu. But overall, it was crazy. It was electric, you know, in the building. Um, yeah, I mean, what a what a great first game. <laughs> um, right. in terms of, it's not my first, obviously, Warriors game. It's not my first time at Chase, but my first time there, you know, as a member of the media. And it was definitely, it didn't disappoint. <laughs> so very, very cool. And like, um, Dominic Wilkins was in the building last night. It's so funny. I'm one of the security, um, security people there. Um, because CJ Holmes, you know, kind of took me under his wing last night and was showing me around. And one of the security people was like, oh, something about Dominique Wilkins. He's like, oh, you're too young. Y'all probably don't even know who that is. And I'm laughing because I'm like, okay, I appreciate that. You think I'm that young. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, definitely know Dominique Wilkins is. Definitely grew up watching him. I watched the battles between him and MJ in the dunk contest. Um Still up there because I know you new people like to say like the new ones with Zach and uh, what's the guy Aaron from Aaron Gordon. Yeah, Aaron Gordon um are like the best, and it might be the best, but MJ Dominique is still up there definitely. Um, mm -hmm. so even though when you do watch some of those dunks now, you're like, why were we so like happy over this? But it just it the crowds and everything back then it was just different. So definitely know who Dominique is. Um, like. Just walk past like Zaza, Zaza Pachulia. Just it was weird, you know, and just it was just a very interesting experience. So it actually reminded me of summer league a little bit in terms of like the players just like walking around and being there. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, there's just so much going on. Uh, so very, very interesting experience. Um, and yeah, uh, I'm really happy that I got to experience it. So great game. Um, we need to get into though, because like we 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 heard about Kaminga being out, got to ask some game um some questions after the game. So I think is there anything else we want to get into about just a recapping the game before we 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 move on and break here, Justin? Um nah, let's let's save it or let's uh just go to the next segment. All right. Well guys, you're tuned in to Golden Spaces. You know, we're an Odyssey original podcast and it's Nat and Justin. Stay tuned. We will be right back. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. 
With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. For all, NBA, for all NBA warriors, you are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin. What up, what up, what up, what up? We're back. It's Golden Spaces, the Odyssey original podcast with Nat and Justin. <sighs> Justin, there's so much from this game last night to get into, from the individual players who played to the players who are out, the fact that the dubs are still rolling. Um, what are they right now? 5-0? 4-0? 5-0 in a row. 5-0 without Stephen Curry and Andrew Wiggins. Huge. And in one of those games, did not have Clay Thompson. Is that correct? Am I making that up? They didn't have Clay yes. in the games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, we thought that they time. could win some games at home. Um, and actually, every game they've won, I felt like they should have won. Right, like going into it, I thought they were all beatable teams. But it's still like, and look, we still have what three more games left during this homestand. But, I mean, they really have the chance to go undefeated uh, during this homestand. We, we'll see if they will or they won't. But, I mean, this is impressive. Like, even if it is just at home. I mean, this is impressive what they're doing. And you got to mm-hmm. give them credit for it. For sure. For sure. I saw somewhere um, they have the number one defense over this span. Um, so, that's really – it's really a testament to – you know, Draymond, Looney, Dante, how these guys are really locking in. Clay when he's playing, Kaminga, he stepped up when he's played, and hopefully he's he's back relatively soon. But um, this has always been the Warriors calling card, right? Whether it's shots are falling or not, um, they always hang their hat on defense, and that's how they consistently win games. Um, it's just it's one of those things where you just hope they can get their reinforcements back soon because it is asking a lot for these players to consistently put forth this type of effort night in night out um without you know much subs right like double overtime guys are pushing over 40 minutes so um definitely super impressive that they've done it up to this point they still have a very favorable schedule for the next you know for the foreseeable future so they should hopefully keep it rolling um and it it starts and ends with how they defend um because as you can see we we already mentioned jordan didn't shoot that well clay shot well but um shots are not going to fall every single night but if you can defend and stop the other team you always give yourself a chance to win yeah for sure i mean i'm looking here at my 
dandy little box score sheet that I got <laughs> last night. And uh, I mean, 44 minutes for Dante, 44 for Draymond, 32 for Kevon Looney, 45, almost really 46, because it was 45-51 for Clay. So let's call that 46 minutes. 45 minutes for Jordan Poole. Anthony Lamb with 32 minutes. Listen, y'all already know how I feel about him, but he did, you know, when they were going into the second overtime, I think I tweeted something like, um, you know, Kerr trusts Lamb a lot, um, but it might be time just to go with his five best players and live with the result um, because he was going like offense, defense, and he was also thinking about like spacing and, you know, things mm-hmm. like that. Well, yeah, that's offense defense, but with Lamb and Loon. Um, but Lamb did, they they started that second overtime with the best five and the best five that I'm saying remaining right now, bodies that they have. And that's Dante, Loon, Draymond, um, JP, and Clay, right? Mm-hmm. And so... They started that that second overtime with that group. And then at some point he brought in Lamb. And Lamb made a lot of big plays during that time. Um he he also had like he played some great defense and he also he grabbed like a rebound and got it to 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 Dre. He passed it to Dre, which in the first, I want to say it was overtime, or maybe it was like at the end of because the the moments are kind of jumbled together for me, but I think it was in the first overtime. He like grabbed a board and like, I don't know. He was under the basket. I don't, he, I don't know who he was looking to pass, but he just kind of passed it to the Hawks. And so, oh, yeah, I think he's trying to pass to Dante, but he threw it too hard. Yeah. And so I was like, it was great that you got that board and got it to Dre. Um, and Dre hit a huge three his only three-pointer for the night, his only three-point shot attempt, um, and right. it put the Warriors up by five. And it still, you know, came down to the very end because I thought, okay, I think, I like, when I was watching, I was like, okay, I think that might be it. Like, mm-hmm. they should be good. DeJounte but... <laughs> hit yeah. a very fake three after that. So, but at the end, it was Loon who tipped it in for the game mm-hmm. winner. And so, like I said, go with your best five, ultimately. Um, mm-hmm. That got it done. That got it done. And so, yeah, I mean, pretty pretty incredible there. Um, what were you thinking as you were watching, like, the two overtimes? Um, definitely on the edge of my, of my seat. And, you know, after that third quarter from the Hawks, it was it was tough, I guess, trying to figure out if the Hawks were going to continue the level of shooting that they that they had. You know, it's just like it seemed like they didn't miss. You know, uh, Bogey came in there and he wasn't missing. At one point, he was like eight for thirteen or something like that. So I just didn't want him to get a shot off. Um, I thought they were playing Trey and Dejounte fairly well um, for the most part. Like at least the guards just getting over the screens and stuff like that. Um, Loon did save the day, but I think for the majority of the game, he looked a little bit fatigued, you know, like uh, a lot of the screen and roll coverages that he had with Trey Young. um, It just didn't look like his best, right? Trey Young was getting a lot of like lobs to Onyeka and and John Collins was just getting deep position and scoring. So majority of the game where you just mean like as it wore on, like, and they got into like the double overtimes. 
I would say like towards the middle of the game. Once they were up by like 20, it just seems like he was kind of like, I don't I already don't have the energy reserves to play the best defense I possibly can, but we're also up by 20. So I'm kind of like just chilling right now. Okay. Um, so I think for the most part, he was okay, but you can kind of see his legs filling uh filling this homestand a little bit or filling uh, all these games, these close games. Um, so at the end, I was just figuring out how I was trying to figure out how they were going to get stops, but they ended up, you know, Dante and Draymond turned it up. Lamb made a few key plays where he just ripped it out of John Collins' hands, similar to how uh, Kaminga did to PJ Washington the other night. That was huge. Um, and then it was just get Clay the ball. Like, so <laughs> Jordan was, you know, making some questionable decisions, and this is this is a part of his growing process, you know, as a as a young player and. You know, we we've seen Steph at different times of his career when he was a younger player make some make some costly mistakes at the end of the game. So it's just all a part of the process, and you just want you're just glad that they're on the winning side when he's having these type of games and these type of uh, moments. So it, on offense, it was just get Clay the ball, see what happens, and on defense, it was like find a way to not let these guys get any type of open shot. And Draymond and Dante made sure of that. So it was yeah, like you said, no other word to use other than just impressive impressive win yeah um you know um Kerr spent a, a good amount of time last night talking about pool um and not really discussing you know his his decision making in the end but just sort of talking about like what this experience is going to do for him without Steph and saying like look he's he's getting what Steph would get right like the defenses having to make those decisions. And he said, there's still another level that Jordan has to get to. Like he knows it's in him. And so he just thinks that this is a great experience for him. Like didn't really seem to care about all the shot attempts. Cause he's like, he has to figure it out. And so I thought it was good to hear from him like that. Cause I mean, look, I'm, I'm sure Kerr also realizes he doesn't have a choice right now. Like it's, you know, you need Jordan. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but like, you know, wasn't really kind of at least making it aware to us, you know, listening to him that like, cause I mean, J- Jordan really did not play that well, like in terms of like his decision-making and, you know, just some of his choices, but then he still would come back and hit like a big three or, you know, something. So, yeah. and that's why you have to have him. Right. And so he, he, but I just thought that was interesting hearing him say, you know, Jordan has like another level to get to and just, sort of continuing to kind of drill in that he's getting the Steph treatment. And I think people need to remember that because mm-hmm. when they get so upset, they're like, ah, you know, it's like he's getting the Steph treatment, but he's not Steph guys. Um, right. And he's still a very young developing player. So um, it's gonna, there's going to be ebbs and flows that come with that. And so um, I'm proud of Jordan. I mean, like you rather these mistakes now than later. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, and I expect that he will learn from them. And so just tremendous effort from him during this homestand and kind of taking on that responsibility, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, like we all know the team is depleted, so he's got to do even more, right. It's not just Steph out and then he's replacing just Steph. He's essentially him and Clay are having to make it up for Steph and Wiggins there's no Kaminga. Um, so it's just, it's definitely tough. And I think he's handled it as well as anyone that isn't that level of player can handle it. You know, like he's showing, he's showing something like he's, he's up there in terms of being able to score the ball and all, all the things that he brings to the table, he's elite at. So 
um, yeah, proud, definitely proud of Jordan and what he's been able to do. Um, yeah, for sure. So I'm here looking at Draymond Green's like box score. It's just, he's so funny. Five points, <laughs> five, five field goal attempts. And yet, um, he was a plus nine in the game. Clay had the largest plus minus. Um, interesting, interestingly enough, Kevin Looney was a, a, a minus 20, but, um, Match, Draymond match was just, test. huh? Match, match the eye test. <laughs> but we, we love Loon. So it's like he, he, if anybody has the rope to, to you know, have yeah. an off game every now and then, it's him. So, and he won the game for him. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> Dre was just so impactful. And it's just so crazy when you look at his box score. And, you know, he's prone to having these kinds of box scores. But I mean, just, just he's just been so incredible for them and like his defense obviously was so needed and he described I didn't get to um ask Draymond any questions after the post game because he he did he did his post game from the locker room and I didn't have locker room access so but he he talked about the team getting an identity and being gritty and I mean this was a double overtime game yes it was but it was still 143 to 141 so <laughs> Maybe not the best representation of like what their defense has um, mm -hmm. been to this point, but like, look, you're down this many bodies, you know, who cares about that? But yeah, I mean, they definitely have stepped up the defense and they have to, right? Like, I mean, they're missing so much offense. You're missing like between um, clay. I mean, between Steph and Wiggs, what is that? 50 points you're yeah. missing basically. Right. So um yeah. And I don't know. I mean, they probably knew before we did, um, meaning we, the media and general public, like about Jonathan Kaminga. So like his absence was unexpected, but I think the more concerning thing was that he was in a boot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and apparently like his uh, ankle swelled up. So I don't get the sense that they're going to have him at least for a couple of games, probably. Mm -hmm. Um. And he's been so important during these wins. They, so yeah, they definitely could have used him in that third quarter <laughs> when the Hawks couldn't miss. They definitely could have used his length and stuff like that. For sure. And I mean, we'll definitely have to talk about what that means for them with players in and out. But um, you know, we'll 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 see. You know. Um, but yeah, I mean. Wiseman was out too. Um, so many injuries. It's really, it's crazy. And so we talked about it. The fact that they're pulling out these wins is incredible. I can't say enough about Dante. Like, I mean, yeah. there has been sort of like a silly discussion happening on the timeline. Right. Um, and it's a whole Dante versus GP2 comparison. And I think, uh gp2 as in gary payton the second and um you and i i think have been like in a similar ball camp like just like why are we comparing these guys they actually are like very different players and um nonetheless this this continues and i don't know why even last night i mean 
it, there was probably a lot of it because after the Portland game, which shit, we didn't even talk about because we were off <laughs> and that was a huge game. So we'll maybe just touch on that a little bit in the, in the final segment, but um, they played Portland right before the, to close out 2022. And so you know, Gary came back, he got his, his ring. He didn't play in the game. Um, but I mean, look to me, there's been a lot of conversation about him even before that game, but just a lot of conversation around, you know, who's more impactful to the team and all of this stuff. And so I really, you know, Justin, obviously I I really want to hear what you have to say on this. Cause like you, you, you know, this better than me, but this is my kind of just overall take. I think Dante is a better overall player, like all around in terms of like what he can do on the court. Um, and then I, you know, Gary's like a generational, like defensive specialist, you know, like he's just, um, and he can do some other things too. Cause it's so funny. Like he was like a lob threat for this team, which is so interesting um, being how little he is and he finished pretty well and, you know, pretty, you know, somewhat reliable from the corner three. So he gave you a little bit on offense too. I don't want to say like, he just did nothing out there, but um, really like a defensive specialist for, for the Warriors. So I just, as a player all around overall in terms of like everything they can do, I think Dante's an overall better basketball player, but in terms of like their impact to this team, they're both incredibly impactful. Like GP two had incredible impact for this team. And I just don't know why we're comparing it. Like they both have impact. Mm -hmm. They impact in different ways. Um, And, you know, Dante continues to show that this year you know, there's some people like, well, he needs to prove it in like the postseason. And I'm sort of like, yeah, sure, of course. But like, do you think like the play is going to stop? You know, I mean, he was a part of a Bucks team. Yes, he got hurt really early in their championship run. So he didn't play that much in the playoffs, but he was a starting. I think people need to remember that he was a starting player on a mm-hmm. championship Bucks team for a whole season. And, um, and then he was more used like just like a three and D guy there. Right. And he actually has like more that he gets to do on this team. And everyone always talks about him being from Villanova. Like this system really suits him well. And I think we're probably one of the few teams that allow him to do, you know, to be the connective player and do some of the other things that he can do on the court. So it's a really good fit for him. And he's mm-hmm. providing a lot of value, both offensively and defensively. And so I, I'm not really worried. Like to me, he shows up in big moments. He's hitting big shots. I have no doubt that he's going to be able to impact you know, the postseason provided he's healthy. Yeah, no, no doubt. I mean, and in, in when you get to the postseason, they're going to go into it with all of their guys. So he's a scalable guy, right? If you need him to step up and be the starter like he has been for the majority, if not all of this, um, this homestand, then he can fill in and do all the little things that he needs to do to help the team win. Um, and if you need him to go back to the bench and just be another guy that helps Jordan and Draymond like carry those lineups, then he can do that as well. Um, so as far as him versus GP2, like we've already established, like they're two completely different players, different types of players. Um, I think when you look at Dante's skill set, like he can pass, shoot, dribble, set the table, stuff like that, right? So you look at it from that standpoint, he has more skill sets in his in his tool bag. Um 
And then you look at a guy like Gary, it's like he might not have more, he might not have as many things that he is good at, but the things that he is elite at, he's so elite at them that it kind of makes up the gap um, or even exceeds the gap, you know? So I think- I mean, in a more in a more extreme degree, it's somewhat like how when, and even though we know he's not a bad defender, he's actually a very solid defender. Um, but it's kind of like when people say, oh, Steph can't be the best or whatever because he's not like a two-way guy. Right. And it's like what he does offensively is so impactful that like it doesn't matter if he's not like one of the top defenders. Right, right. I think a better comp for that now, since we understand that Steph is such a good defender, like a better comp for that is like Luka Doncic, right? Not really great on defense, but when you compare him to someone who was more of a two-way player, like let's say Jimmy, like no one thinks Jimmy's better than Luka, even though he's clearly better on defense and a good offensive player as well. So, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of like that where like someone's a specialist, but they're so good at their specialty that it it just the, the impact almost equals or exceeds someone who is good at more things. But I do think overall Dante fits this year's team a little bit better. No, no, he fits this a little bit. His, this team better than GP two probably would, and GP two fits last year's team better than Dante probably would. I think the roster around them dictates that, right? Last year they had more shooting in the front court, um, slower footed players in the front court. We include uh, Belly and Otto and stuff like that. So they needed guys, and those guys aren't finishers around the rim, right? They needed a guy like Gary to come in who can play on the perimeter and cut behind the defense while all of our bigs and our um, our main guards like Steph, Clay, Jordan, Wiggins were on the perimeter. They need a guy to slip behind the defense and finish at the rim to add a little bit more rim pressure. He just obviously took their point of attack defense to an entirely different level so he can put other guys um, in, in position to excel outside of point of attack. Um the, just the, the plays that he made in the open court garden guys 94 feet and just picking their pocket and just getting layups and generating offense from that so he was an incredible incredible player and I think when you put him next to a guy like Steph and put him next to a guy like Otto and Draymond in the in the front court it opened up the floor so much for him to just fill in those gaps and he was so good at filling those gaps that you look at his impact numbers and they were just off the chart like they were they were close to Steph's and some of them were exceeding Steph's right so from that standpoint, he's probably more impactful um, just from the number standpoint. But when you look at uh, he's more impactful in affecting a team's ceiling. Right. So they won essentially two playoff rounds without GP2. Right. But when he was playing, they were like smacking teams. Right. So I think he's more of a ceiling raiser, especially for last year's team than Dante is. But Dante is a guy who can raise your floor because he can fill in so many different skills that you need. Right. Drop ball handling when Steph isn't there providing some spacing when Steph and Wiggins isn't there, point of attack defense, rebounding, even though Gary was a good rebounder, Dante's out there grabbing seven, eight rebounds, seven, nine rebounds. So he's he's a guy that's much more appropriate for this team because the depth isn't quite as there, you know, as as good as last year's team, especially in the front court. Um, so he's providing a lot of those things that other guys would have provided. Um, so I think ultimately they're both really good players. We should be happy to have Dante this year and we should be appreciative of what everything that Gary <laughs> brought last year. And it just seems like every time there's an opportunity to talk up Dante, people will use the opportunity to talk down GP on GP2. And it's like- Or vice versa. Them. Yeah, or vice versa, right? And it's like GP2 helped them win a championship. Dante is helping them 
in a very, very tough stretch of games right now, and he can potentially help them win a championship as well. So there's really no reason to make a one-for-one comparison, um, in my opinion. They're both good players. They're both helping this team win. So we should just be happy that we have had and currently have both of those guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ditto. I I think the point that you made, though, is so important about, like, scalability and also in terms of, like, the lineups and and things like that and the personnel because – Don, like Gary wasn't asked to to play in the type of units that that mm-hmm. that Dante is playing in, you know. Um, and I'm curious, he probably could be more of a ceiling raiser if he was playing, you know, if he was playing like with Steph and those guys, like more and things like that to be determined. But regardless of whether he's more of a floor raiser or a ceiling raiser, it's just that like he's in that second unit we know for a long time like they didn't even have like that figured out there's several guys out right now I mean he's just being asked to do things that GP2 you know wasn't being asked to do so I sometimes when people bring up like the impact numbers I'm just like well yeah let's see like (laughs) what he looks like when he gets to when the team is whole and he gets to run with some of those units because um you know, Marcus Thompson was talking about this, but he said that like, even at the beginning of the season, when they were like sort of losing and, and, and Dante was out like that staff and Dre were like, yeah, like just people were like, we need Dante back. Right. And he hadn't at the beginning of the season came out like so strong. Right. And mm-hmm. they were just like, no. And, and Steph and, and Dre recruited him. Like, you know, I don't know if people realize that, but they went out and got him. So they always understood like, what he meant and his value to this team. And right. so I think people need to like, when they're ready to just kind of like, you know, shit on him sometimes and say like, you know, he's just nowhere as impactful as Gary. I'm like, well, Draymond and Steph don't quite see it the same way. So, you know, mm-hmm. maybe calm down a little bit guys. So I think um, those were just incredible points you made. And I just wanted to kind of echo them. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah, he's definitely very needed on this team. I, I think if he plays from the beginning of the season, their record is a lot better than it is now. Um, so shout out yeah, to Don. It's an underrated thing, sort of like Bogut in the finals. Obviously, that was a more meaningful thing. But like in the beginning, aside from the fact that they were doing all that, you know, tinkering with the lineups, like people just kind of gloss over that Dante was out. And I would say all the time, like, that's Dante's out. Like, <laughs> you yeah. know, it, it matters. And so, right. um, yeah. All right, let's break here and then come back and wrap quickly. We still have a few more things to get into, just so much. Um, you're, you're tuned in to Golden Spaces and Odyssey Original Podcast. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. 
for all NBA for all NBA warriors. You are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin. What up? It's Golden Spaces and Odyssey Original Podcast. You're here with Nat and Justin. Thank you so much for tuning in with us so far. So I mentioned that I got to go to the game last night. I got to ask players questions. I didn't ask her any questions, though I could have. Um, I think in that moment, I was just so, like, couldn't believe that I was there. I was taking a lot of video. Um and then also like some of the stuff I want to know, like other people sort of ask questions that touched on it. So I didn't want to be one of those people sort of being like repetitive asking, you know, stuff he'd already addressed. But I did, um, uh, Loon came out to speak and Clay came out to speak and I did ask them questions. So um, I asked Loon about Kerr's strategy, kind of offense, defense and alternating with him and Lamb. Um, in the, in the in the final two overtimes and to close out and to get his thoughts on how he felt in that moment. So why don't we listen to that audio and then we can talk about it. Steve was discussing his strategy to close, like he would bring you in and then alternate with Lamb to close out the game. When you're being pulled out at a time like that, are you feeling like you want to stay in? Are you just trusting Steve? How are you feeling in those moments? You know, you always want to stay in, but you know, since I've been here, he's been doing that with a lot of players, so uh, that's what I kind of expect. I know he likes to go offense, defense, and uh, switch the lineups up. Uh, so that's what I expected. So I kind of already know what to to, to stay ready and uh, and to be ready. Uh, so uh, it doesn't really bother me. I kind of know, and I'm just glad I was I had a chance to be in. So yeah, so I think you know, I mean, what else are players gonna say, right, Justin? They're like, we want to be on the court always, and so. But it's interesting because we kind of talked about mm-hmm. his plus minus, and you said he kind of looked like it, so. Mm-hmm. Even if, I mean, do you think if Loon had played a better game and maybe wasn't as fatigued, that Kerr would have just stuck with him, or do you still think he would have went offense defense? I think he's st- well. Maybe if he looked a little bit better, maybe maybe not. Um, I think he was kind of struggling to finish the whole game because Atlanta's bigs are very athletic. Um, Onyeka is a very good defensive player as well, so he was just kind of timing Looney's shot a lot, and um, Looney just didn't feel comfortable going up with him because he probably was going to get it blocked. John Collins blocked a shot, I think, at one point, too. So if he was, I guess, a little bit more spry and finishing better, then maybe Kerr would have felt a little bit more comfortable with him in there. But I think they dumped it down to him a few times. And he, it was a pump fake fest like it, like it is. And yes. you know, <laughs> it just didn't go well offensively. So he felt more comfortable with Lamb being able to space the floor and hit hit some shots and then potentially get some shots at the rim as well. Um, But, yeah, I think, you know, it's, it's, it's probably going to be like that a lot anyway. And Looney alluded to that as well, just saying like he Kerr's done that with them a lot. Because yeah. their best offensive players, he's just not included in their best offensive players. So there will be some games where they need his offensive rebounding. Like obviously it helped at the very end, but some games where against other teams where they're going to need his offensive rebounding as well. So um, yeah, it's I think it's a, it's a testament to how Kerr has grown a little bit. And he, he coaches – on a possession by possession basis a lot more than he used to. And um, yeah, I think it worked out in the end. Yeah. I mean, look, game winner, um, buzzer beating game winner. Like, I mean, just crazy. Um, He was asked that, I think at the very beginning by Slater, Anthony Slater, if he'd ever had a game winner like that before. And he's like, well, not 
you know, like to tip in or like at the end like that. And then he's like, yes, I guess no. Um, so shout out to Loon, huge moment for him. Um, that, Cause I was not trying to go to no third overtime. I was like, oh my God, like. Yeah, that would have been crazy. I felt like in the battle of who's going to last longer, I just, the younger legs that Atlanta has, I thought would just, you know, if they kept going, would win out. So I'm like, they got to end this game. They got to end it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or Jordan was going to just dribble off his foot or something. For real. Ah, Jordan. I was like, what are you doing? You're killing me. Yeah. Um, I also got to ask Clay a question too. And I, I asked him about how he was feeling because he played so many minutes and, you know, he said he feels good. And I don't think he was, you know, pretending. I mean, like he just scored 50 plus. He shot well. Big game for him. Probably one of his biggest since he's come back. So I'm sure he felt great. But then, mm-hmm. you know, you wonder how he's going to feel today. And Kerr's like, look, they're, they're not practicing. It's a recovery day. He talked about that. Clay said, you know, referenced that like in his response to me. But he said he feels good. Um you know, he's like, it's going to be hard to put up like an encore performance like like that um, for the Pistons. And like, no one's expecting that. But he did know, he did mention that, um, you know, Detroit beat them, right? So that's that's on their radar. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm just, I don't, I don't know what to expect from Clay because it's one night recovery. But, you know, it's not like he played quite two full games, but, you know, he played long. So, mm-hmm. you know, what what are you expecting from Clay? Do you think he's going to have enough? I mean, you train people and things like that. Do you think it's going to be enough for him to recover, not expecting another 50-point performance, but for him to at least, you know, be good to go? Um, I mean, I think he'll he'll be out there. <laughs> I mean, if you look at the splits, like on a certain amount of days of rest, Clay looks a lot better than like the shorter the amount of rest is. Um I want I want to use the word worse, but like he isn't as effective. So it'll be interesting to see because he is on a heater a little bit from three since they've been home. He's been hitting he's been hitting a really, really high percentage on threes. And I think he's finally up to 20 a game now, which is crazy. He somehow always gets to 20 a game. But um, 20 points averaging is what we're talking about, people. Right, right. So. I mean, I think I think he'll be good. I think he'll be good because he's still, like I said, he's on a heater from three. Detroit isn't the best team. I got to look up how they performed defensively for the for the like last few games or whatever. But I expect it to be more of a Jordan game, um, to be honest. I think he'll be looking to, you know, put a good performance together after he didn't shoot the ball well last night. And uh, Clay should just, you know, hit the open shots. Don't try to do too much, and he'll be he'll be fine. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, a Jordan game. Um, you know, it's something we always talk about is like how much players pay attention to things, seeding, standing, whether it matters. And Clay talked in the post game about like, you know, we see like someone asked about the standings. Like, yeah, you know, we see they're close and, you know, we're only like this many games out of first. And so so that to me at least tells me they're still eyeing trying to get back there. Um, Dre, of course, had a very different response. Like the locker room is like, I don't care about where we are and nobody wants to play us. And look, I believe that like Clay and Steph and Dre ultimately believe that I do. Um, some of that I think is just like Dre's like arrogance, um, in a good way. I don't, I don't say arrogance in a negative way, 
But that also may be him not wanting to let on, you know, that they care about anything. Because, I mean, we know they care about seeding to some level. So um, slightly different responses from them. But I like that Clay kind of let, let let us know that, like, they're paying attention to that. And obviously, they're not settling for, like, where they are right now. They plan to move back up in the standings. And that was good to hear, I thought. Yeah, for sure. Um, and the opportunities right there. I, I believe they're four and a half games out of first. It's going to be tough to obviously get there because the teams that are at the top of the league, I mean, at the top of the conference are very good teams and they, I expect them to continue to win at a high level. But um, I want to say they're a half a game out of fifth place. The Clippers potentially have just lost Paul George for an extended period of time. I, I think he retweaked his hamstring or something like that. So um, that's going to be tough. Yeah. The Mavericks are on a, I want to say a seven game win streak, but they, they haven't are. played the best teams. It's been um, bum teams, yeah. Sorry, I shouldn't really call any NBA teams bums. I, I take that back. But right. it hasn't it's, been the best yeah. teams. Right, and I think they're going to run into some some better teams coming up. I want to say they got Boston and Cleveland coming up or something like that. Um, so the opportunity is there for for Golden State to climb up the standings, especially considering they, their schedule is relatively weak for their foreseeable future. I definitely future. think they'll get into that top four, and if they can get to three, even better. But I, I do think they're going to finish within the top half of the conference. Yeah, I do too. I do too. Um, they just gotta outpace the the teams that are immediately in front of them, and I think they will. Especially, I mean, when the, when the schedule starts to get tough for them again, they should have all of their guys back. And this stretch right here, where guys are getting a bigger opportunity to, you know, get a rhythm, establish their game, and, and going forward, adding to the top guys, it should be enough for them to like really put together a nice run before the All Star break and. Yeah, they, they'll be in good position to challenge the top seed or top three seeds um, for the second half of the season. Very quick final thoughts on um, Moody and PBJ. Um, Moody, um, after one in the morning here on the West Coast, he was back out on the court working on his shot. Mm-hmm. Um, I just hope like he starts to like fully get his confidence back, you know, because I know he has something to offer this team. But I think that right there is just another indication of like his work ethic, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I really, I really believe in Moody. So a lot of the shots that he shot like kind of went in and out from three, but there was a nice stretch in the game where he got that putback dunk, and then he went back on the other on the other side and got a nice defensive stop. I think it was either Dejounte or Trey that he was guarding. He forced a stop, and it was in the third quarter where the Hawks just couldn't miss. So it was it was refreshing to see them get a defensive uh, stop, and I want to say the Warriors used that momentum to come back down, and I think somebody got an and one out of it or somebody scored out of it. So it's like you can kind of see the two way, you know, potential there. Um, the three point shot, I think, it's still a matter of rhythm, consistency, and that's why he was getting up shots after the game. Work ethic, can continuously putting up shots and getting his reps in and stuff like that. I think he's a good player. I think he's going to be a really good player. Um, how patient Golden State is with him and whether or not they're dangling him in trade talks or stuff like that is it remains to be seen. But I do think he's worth investing in long term because of the signs that he shows consistent consistently. Um, and he's gotten better. Like his decision making has gotten better. I think overall there are some there are some instances in the game where you're like, ah, Moody, you probably should have just let your talent show a little bit more there instead of just being a robot a little bit. Right. Um, um, but that'll come. That'll come with more experience and and just more reps so he can feel more comfortable within his own game and kind of let his game shine through. 
For sure. You touched on this earlier when you said like, um, that like we keep thinking like this was like one of their best wins or something and like you know because the, the portland win was a pretty big one the right. way that happened and that was a big game for pbj right like mm-hmm. um and we we didn't talk about portland that much so we can talk about that last game in the context of pbj and how he showed up there and then like last night and, and what we're what you're seeing from him yeah he can shoot like that's the main thing he's he's really really tall like he's a legit 6'10 you can see it when he's on the court that he's next to other 6'10 guys and he's like kind of looking bigger than some of those dudes so that how did you see him like impacting that game in portland and then like last night like what like were there any differences in what you saw and like what you think he can do not necessarily i think he played well both games i think at the beginning of the the hawks game it looked like he was he was on his way to a really, really nice performance against Portland. He was playing good team defense, coming down, shooting the ball. He got a quick trigger. He has a high release. Um, it's very similar to Michael Porter and Otto Porter. Um, that's similar player type. And it's kind of what they pictured with him. I'm, I'm assuming um, it's really, really tall guy that can shoot that just adds a different dynamic to your team. Um, he was rebounding. Well, he was, He's looking like he was just picking up things, and, and it looks obvious that he was a coach's son. You know what I mean? That's what they spoke to when he was drafted. He just knows how to play. It's more so about getting the reps, the consistency, and showing that he can do that game after game after game as a young player. Um, but the talent is definitely there. And, um, yeah, he looked he looked good. I think I think going forward, considering the the injuries to Wiseman and considering the, the, the illness or infection that uh, Jamichael has, when they're all back, I think they should kind of play it on a game by game basis as to who gets to be the backup center or backup big. Um, I think they've kind of locked into Anthony Lamb and Kaminga being like that three, four off the bench type of deal. So they haven't really gotten a lot of consistency as the backup center. And I mean, in the modern NBA centers are kind of like running backs in the NFL where you kind of you, you have a lot of them. They all bring different things. And based on the matchup, you just play whichever guy fits best for that for that situation. So I think most situations, PBJ skill set just fits best. It's always good to throw in a, a, stretch, a stretch big. But there'll be some times where you need like a, a energy guy like Jamichael. And sometimes you need just a huge, you know, tall rim protector projected um, type of guy like James Wiseman. So, um, well, Lamb is a two-way so is Jerome, who was really big in the Portland game, not For so sure. much last night. And um, so they those guys have a cap on the number of games they can pay. So unless Golden State is going to sign one of them to that final roster spot, mm-hmm. and they're getting a lot of burn right now with guys out, at some point they're going to have to slow down with those guys or sign one of the two of them. Um, so that will be a decision, and that might impact like who gets playing time later. Um, there's a lot of talk around maybe PBJ possibly filling the auto role. Do you think he could get there by the time of the postseason? That's a tough, that's a tough ask. I think, I think so too. yeah, um, I, I'm never going to say never, like he can't do it. Um, but Otto's IQ so high. He was so physical as a defender. He understands the in and outs of the, of the NBA game. And there's just going to be some things in the playoffs that uh, that PBJ has never seen before on a basketball court from a strategic standpoint. There would be some coverages that he's never seen before. He'll be asked to play in a coverage that he's never been asked to play in before. So I think that's just a tall task um, for a young player. But the skill set is definitely there. Um, I think he's probably a little bit more mobile than current Otto is. Um, I don't know if he's as good of a shooter, but so far he's been. 
um, and just rebounding, protecting the rim, understanding other players' tendencies that he's been playing against for years and years and years, Otto, that is. Um, it's just going to be hard to ask PBJ to replicate that. But I, I think the skill set is definitely there. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, look, I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Here's to hoping maybe that they get Andrew Wiggins back <laughs> for the next well, game. I don't know if they will. I, it seemed really uncertain. You said they won't practice, right? Kurt said they're not practicing. Yeah. No, yeah. no practice. Yeah, I think they don't let players play when they don't practice. Like if it, if you yeah you can't play without getting at least one practice in. That's that's what I'm thinking. So he's probably out. Man, so they're gonna be playing thin again because I don't expect to see Jonathan Kaminga back. But after I saw that boot, so uh, let's let's see if they can pull out another win versus versus the Pistons. They'll have to dig deep. Maybe it's another Ty Jerome game with with uh. <laughs> Jordan, maybe it's uh, Dante. Who knows? Maybe Draymond. It's one of his offensive nights. Who knows? But they will have to find it some from somewhere, and they've been finding it so far. So um, positive things from this team. Um, and I'll be at that game, too. So hopefully I'll get some more interesting sound or get to talk more with the player. Let's see. Cross your fingers and hope that happens, guys, so we can bring that content back to you. Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to Golden Spaces, an Odyssey original podcast with Justin and Nat. Make sure you're downloading, sharing, following, commenting, rating, reviewing. Word of mouth. Five stars, word of mouth, all of that. Thank you. We appreciate you. And Happy New Year. We didn't even say Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Let's get it. Go Dubs.